When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the very first Blakey's Bootroom podcast from Wales Online. Phil Smith and Nathan Blakey are here to offer the same incisive punditry as always in a slightly different format. We're not live, but... Uh, we like this new format. We like this new we format. Do. We do. We're going to touch a lot of people, John. <laughs> Wide, right around the country. Nathan Blake on iTunes and all sorts. What a fancy that. Don't ask me how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the man. <laughs> no, indeed, indeed. It's been a while since we last met. Obviously, international break. Um, Newcastle was the uh, the last game filmed uh, when we last met. Uh, a defeat, but positives. But the big talking point from that, really, not to, not to dwell on the whole match, was obviously Peter Whittingham being dropped. Lots of people with lots of opinions on that. Lots of people describing it as Warnock's sort of first big mistake. Where do you stand on that? Um, well, I, I was I, I was shocked when the teams came out to not see Whittingham in there just for a number of reasons really I think the logic behind picking Richardson was that he had, he's got a great work rate, he's quicker, he can cover more distance and I think the idea was that Newcastle would have the basketball jump you the ball and therefore your midfielders most of their work was going to be defensively and everybody knows that that's not Whittingham's strong point but what Cardiff really lost was one, the set pieces were rubbish which meant that their main attacking threat was gone like that um, and that had a big impact. Um, and also, just when they did get the ball back, they just didn't really seem to know what to do with it. And that's something we've talked about for a long time, is for all Whittingham's flaws. Um, there isn't really anyone else in that squad who can bring what he can. And, and it's not just in terms of picking out a pass, it's doing it at speed as well. It's getting the ball and knowing where you're going to go and knowing how you can start a move ahead of the opposition. And they just lack that, I think. Um and yeah, you know, you don't know with these things. Was Whittingham, did he have a niggle during the week? Was he not quite right? You just don't know. But um, I was certainly very surprised, and I do think Cardiff missed him. Mm. What do you think, Blakey? Were you surprised by that decision as well? Did it go wrong? Um, I wasn't surprised. Um, I was more surprised at Peter's work rate when I seen him against teams like Bristol City and what have you. It, it increased, you know, it, it, it had gone up tenfold, so that was more surprising. Um, like Phil said, you don't know, it could be carrying a niggle, it could be just, you know, you dropped. But I think uh, Phil touched upon there, you know, set pieces gone just because one player's out. I, I find that incredible. You've got wingers, you've got midfielders, you know, you've got fullbacks who should all be good set piece takers. It's a corner or a free kick. You're only asking someone to cross a dead ball into the box or into an area, really and truly. So to say if Peter Whittenham doesn't play, we are disastrous at set pieces, I think that is pretty poor on um, a lot of the lads who should be looking at themselves thinking, well, I can take a dead ball, I can take a free kick. To think, well, if Wits is not there, then we struggle. I think that's, that's, that's pitiful, really. 
I suppose I suppose the other way to look at it is perhaps Cardiff's other set piece takers are average and Peter Whitney and we just are so used to his quality on mm. a weekly basis that maybe maybe the other set piece takers are alright and it's just that when Whittingham's not there it's kind of because he's so very good at it but mm. um, there's no you can't get past the fact that the vast majority of Cardiff's goals under Neil Warnock have come from a Peter Whittingham set piece Mm. Corner that's being nodded down, free I kick think that's I, being I, nodded I, in. You know? I, I'd agree with that, but that can be a bit of a false statement because I think if you look at Cardiff City this season, regardless of who's been a manager, most of their goals have come through set pieces. Oh, it was true so, under Russell Slade so, as well. I didn't mean to sort of yeah, single out Warnock. Yeah, you know I mean, it's been true for a long time yeah. that set pieces have been an important part of Cardiff's makeup. You know, and you got to you got to put it like this. What what you're saying is if Peter Whitman got injured for six months, you'd have rubbish set pieces for six months. No. Someone else has got to be out there, mate. You know, they can pay me uh, <laughs> a pound still, a, still they can pay me a pound a week. I can I can still put a ball in an area, no problem. I can put a flat one, I can bend it, I can put a, a big deep Dipping bender, no problem. You know what I mean? I can do both feet <laughs> if you want. Dipping bender, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dipping bender. Yeah. Well, well, it's, it's the deeper, it bends slower and, and dips at the end. So, yeah, to, to say, um, you know, it's all on, all on wits. You know what I mean? I do understand if you've got a great set piece taker in your team, he's the main man. Hmm. He's the penalty taker, or it's like having someone got a like. Aaron Gunnison and saying right we need a long throw artist and not using him well you use Gunnison for the long throw yeah. do you know what I'm saying so if you've got a great set piece artist as you have in Whitlam you use him but you've got to really have a fallback you've got to have a B you know players have got to step up and really say most professional footballers should be able to cross a ball absolutely <laughs> well thank you John yeah it's like you know you know, being a reporter and not knowing how to write, it's like, come on. <laughs> 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 you know? let's, let's not get into that. I, I don't want to come into scrutiny on, on my first year. But. Well, where do we stand then on the Warnock sort of reigning? Because it's, it's an odd one. We had that brilliant start, that great first few weeks where we were all we were all off to the playoffs in Premier League. <laughs> I think, I think that's <laughs> a, I mean, Phil and I were talking earlier. I think, I think the problem is, I think uh, people remember what you did last mm-hmm. very often. And what he did at Rotherham was quite remarkable. Mm. So people then are saying, get Warnock in and we'll go to the playoffs. Mm. I'm saying to Phil, Phil asked me earlier, what would you be happy with? I said, staying up. When you've had such a poor start to the season, right? you'll have a run, but then you'll have a dip. And Mm. it's those dips which you find affect you more than it does, say, a team who was 12th. Do you know what I mean? Because Mm. they haven't had the consistent bad run of 8, 9, 10 games where they didn't pick up any points. So for me, you know, it's feet on the ground and one game at the time, some very, very difficult games coming up. Um, but for me, it's just right, solidifying our position in the championship and then looking to build, looking to build a bit in January to improve things, mm. to go forward which I think will be allowed, which I think Warnock will do. I think he's already alluded to that. But then, you know, short to medium term, you've got to be looking at the season or two, I always say. And medium to long term, you've got to be looking three to five, six years. So, you know, Warnock's not going to be here that long. But in the short to medium term, if he is going to be here that long, then he needs to start building Mm. in January. 
Yeah, indeed. Okay, so a few uh, a few readers' questions, which we'll do every uh, week going forward. Um, one from Steve uh, Phil, which is actually something I know you've been writing about this morning. He's just asking what what's the situation with Shamak and Richardson? Obviously, can I can I sorry? Can I just say what Steve's? You're going to put his full name so he knows it's him being read out. I don't know his full name. Okay. <laughs> Has he got his uh, address, his I've name? Writ- I've written them down from somewhere else. And ah, I've literally okay. just put Steve okay. for that. I, I, do, I do apologize. <laughs> it's, a, it's our first one, so it we is. will improve. We'll have full surnames and uh, yeah. background histories for next Sorry, week. Steve. Sorry, Steve. Sorry, Steve. John. Richardson. New deals, not new deals, worthy of new deals? Um, surely not. We haven't seen him, have we? Well... Shamak got an assist last week, um, which was good. It was also the most blatant handball I've ever seen, not picked <laughs> up by a referee. Um, More than Thierry Henry's? It, <laughs> it was exactly the same as Thierry Henry's, unless, but instead of it hitting his hand, it sort of hit his arm. Okay. But the motion was exactly the okay. same. Okay, um, that is blatant. <laughs> but um, I think the, the thing about Shamak is, is that we all know that Cardiff need a striker with legs, who's a finisher and who can run off the shoulders of defenders. Mm. And we also know that financial fair play is a problem for Cardiff, and we know that players have got to go before someone of, say, for argument's sake, Fraser Campbell's wage could come in. So you've got to ask yourself, can you justify giving Schumacher a longer deal, or do you use that money to go for a different kind of striker? At the moment, I think you would have to. But at the end of the day, Schumacher's played, I was looking, as you say, I was writing a bit about it, he's played 50 minutes in a Cardiff shirt. So you can't make a definitive judgment. He's still getting up to match fitness. Um, but I look at the next sort of eight games. It's eight games until January window right. opens. Um, and Schumacher's not going to get a lot of football in those eight games mm. because it's against eight very good teams and Cardiff are only going to play with one up front. And when Lambert's fit, it's going to be him. Mm. So between now and January, I don't see Schumacher getting a lot of football. So it's a difficult one. Um, I wouldn't be definitive about it. I have to say that from what I've seen... Um, I would be surprised. Kieran Richardson, I think, is slightly different because of his versatility. I mean, Kieran Richardson was signed as a left-back, but then Joe Bennett came back from injury and has been brilliant. Um, I know that the backroom staff have been really impressed and maybe a little bit surprised by what they're seeing from Declan John. So they don't need him as a left-back. But he was really good at Nottingham Forest when he came on the left wing. Then you saw last week against Newcastle, Warnock wanted something different in midfield, so he came in the centre midfield. And that versatility in the championship is, you know, is a godsend. So I wouldn't be surprised if Richardson stayed. Um, I would be surprised if Schumach stayed, but obviously there is a little bit of time to go before January opens. Mm. What, what do you think about Richardson in, in particular, Blakey? Well, he's, he comes with a lot of experience, obviously, and like Phil says, he can play in a, a number of positions. I ha- it, it's always difficult to make a judgment, John, when um, you haven't seen someone for such a long time. You know, you know, I've seen players in the past where you haven't seen them play for a year, and automatically your mind thinks of at their best when they were running, and and then all of a sudden you might look at a player and think, I might look and think oh, his legs are gone. You know, mm. I don't know. I haven't seen him play. I didn't see the Newcastle game, so it's very difficult to to judge. Um, but. If you're looking for experience and, you know, a cover for, like Phil says, left back, left midfield, left up high in a three, centre midfield, you know, you've got four, three or four positions that you can play. 
So on that basis, you'll probably say probably would mm. look to keep Kieran because we haven't got many players who are that versatile. Mm. Mm. Every time Neil Warnock speaks at the moment, he it seems keen to talk about January and, and make clear that he wants lots of new faces. He says he's identified the, the, the positions in which he, he wants new faces and, and that people will have to go to accommodate that. I mean, what positions is he looking at and how how many people do we see coming in? How many people do we see going out? Which big pace, names could he? that be? He needs pace. I think the, the problem is, and this is to any manager of the last... You know, a year or so at Cardiff. The problem has been, has been the club's transfer policy. It's been, listen, you get players in on two, three, four, five-year contracts. They are very difficult to shift. It's as simple as that. If I know I can pick it up 30, 40, 50 grand a week here, and I've, you know, really been a bit fortunate to be here, and then you're asking me to go down the road knowing that okay I might get paid up but I'm only going to be earning five, ten grand a week it's just a no-brainer do you know what I mean mm. uh, personally I would want to play 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 but this is modern day football there are footballers who quite happily sit and, and pick up their money for a year or two or three so the club and this is this goes back to then the club not understanding the importance of right the players you sign and having a policy yeah having procedures having a a strategy of how you approach these things. You just do not say to people, go on, you know, sign him, sign him, sign him, open open book sort of thing, open door policy. You have to be, every penny, every pound, it has to be down, detailed. And you'll still make mistakes. You'll still sign players who you'll think, right, he's good for us and won't work out. That's just, that's just human nature. That just happens mm. in, in everyday life. But I think Cardiff have been, you know, they've been their own worst enemy because now you've got a position where you almost can't sign what you want you've got a managing place you want he's not going to be able to go out and sign the players he would like because of the backlog not just the first team but you look at the 21s as well you hold it because those wages all come into play as well is mm-hmm. you know you're holding a massive log of players well, now you've gone from an under-21 to 23, so you're able to extend that to 23. You know, I think Cardiff have to be a bit more cutthroat, if I'm totally honest. Mm. And if they make a mistake, take it on the chin, and no one goes throughout the game without making mistakes. Take the mistakes on the chin, but be far more cutthroat in their approach mm. uh, and who they sign, and make sure they sign players who, who they know are going to, or they almost guarantee are going to give back Mm. Who, who might leave then? Because it's all it's all well and good saying about you know Shamak you know getting his wage yeah. off thing, but at some stage if Warnock's going to sign some real quality that he wants, it, it's going to actually actually cost some money to to buy that player. Yeah. So who are the players in the Cardiff squad who have value? Who Cardiff well, might look that's, to? That's, that's 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 I think that's the problem. You. Sorry, Phil, but that's the problem with that's where I feel feel for the owners, but at the same time you've only got yourselves to blame. Because you've signed players, and I don't know what their transfer policy is, but some of the players that have been signed were never going to be what they thought they would be. Hmm. And now they're left with a problem, a major problem. You know, you've got the manager you want in hand, you've got the fans all on side, 
the club could go somewhere, but it's going to just it's just going to hit a brick wall because it's going to be difficult to get those players off your wage bill. I don't know how you do it. Really, it's very very difficult. I'm thinking big name players, players who've been you know, the ones we took. Anthony Pilkington, Alexi Mazemia Hughes. They're the ones that. Um, well, uh, not necessarily in Warnock's starting lineup, but players yeah. you look at, yeah, they would have value. People well, would pay some yeah. money to. Emma uh, Hughes has value, but is not really kicked a ball in mm. first team action since the end of last season. So you say he has value, but you're not in a particularly strong negotiating position if a guy you've signed for probably about not a million played. pounds in the summer, you then haven't played him. He didn't yeah. have much of a pre season. Other teams will be very aware of that. So he doesn't have a huge amount of value. Um, Pilgrim has never ripped up any trees so there's not going to be a lot of value in Pilgrim and he's just signed a, a, what I imagine is a very lucrative new contract very recently who's going to give him that money at any other club Lexham is 30 31 um, a year maybe two I mean I don't think I don't think Warnock would want to sell him as personally anyway I think he'd like to keep him but then again he doesn't have a huge well, amount well, of value he's, he barely, barely played him and he's talking about he wants X, Y and Z to come in so surely that's that's the ideal type of person to get rid of well yeah but I mean who you know it's, 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 it's an interesting one because we know that in the summer there were a lot of clubs at the very top of the championship who wanted to sign him and he chose to stay with Cardiff and then since then it's kind of hasn't really worked out for him hmm. Um but you know, he doesn't have a lot of value. He's you know six months into a two-year deal. He's um, you know he's past thirty now, and he's had a bad few months. Bruno Mang is a player who potentially has value, but he's not going to be around in January because he's off to the African Cup of Nations, and then he's got five months left on his deal, and he hasn't been playing, so he hasn't got a lot of value. So Cardiff aren't going to be able to go out and bring in four or five million from players in January. They're just not going to be able to. So. Which is going to be a huge, which is going to be a huge problem. Hindrance, yeah. So how do you go out and sign a Fraser Campbell? Okay, he probably won't cost a lot. He's only got six months left on his deal. Mm. But if you're serious about meeting financial fair play, then um, then it's going to be a very very difficult balancing act. See, if you look at Bruno Manga, we've had this conversation before on the boot room, John, where you look at Bruno and you think, well, how is it a player of that magnitude and that quality okay everyone goes through a bad, uh, a bad run of form at some stage but how has it been allowed that he runs down his contract to absolute zero and then will leave on a free transfer if 18 months ago the player was worth people were talking 5 million as a mm. as minimum and saying oh no he's worth more than that it's the same with Marshall this is what I'm saying what the club are doing and what the club have done They've absolutely shot themselves in the foot. Absolutely, because they've not only signed players on big money, they've paid that big money, but then not recoup nothing. Nothing at all. Or, if you are recouping, you're recouping when the player is at his lowest value rather than at his highest. And it is a balancing act. It is, but you've got to know what you're doing. You've got to have a plan. Right, at Bruno Manga, when he's a £5 million player, can we afford to sell him, plug that gap, and who have we got, plan B... What are the three players we got or we're looking at to bring in to replace him? And that's how you balance it and you do it between the two transfer windows. What you don't do is allow him to play, get into a bad run of form and then say, okay, just leave him out in the cold sort of thing. And then when he's at his lowest value, say, okay, yeah, okay, run his contract down, away you go. It, 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 it's it's madness if you sell him at his highest value you're still in a better position than where you're going to find yourself 
no matter what, no matter how much the fans say, oh, why are you selling our best player? Well, I've got five million for him, which is a lot better than us getting nothing for him. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, you know, and then what it also does is other players around the world, and I do say world because it's a global game, other players around the world look and see and think, I could use that maybe to go into Cardiff City and end up at Liverpool. Because when Bruno was at his finest, the, the, the names that were being mentioned, the top, top Premier League clubs. Do you mm. know what I mean? So for me, at that point, if you're not, you know, if you're, because you can relatively tell whether you're going to be in and around the playoffs or not, if you don't really feel that even, because I had no confidence in us making the playoffs under Slade, you know, when he was at his best, sell him. There's other players, and mm. the player you might bring in, might be someone from your 21s, if you got it. They haven't, we know, but if you got it. Or it allows you, right, there's option A, B and C. Those are our three targets. One of them's got to come in. Mm. Simple as that. And it's understanding that. But what's been allowed to happen is that it affects your financial fair play. But what's been allowed to happen is you're getting the worst of all worlds. Mm. Not the best. Mm, Marshall was the same very similar situation you know when you're at your highest value top Premier League club like Everton supposedly interested and no disrespect to Hull but you end up going for minuscule amounts to Hull and you're a top you're you're Scottish international keeper it's like that can only be down to Cardiff's policies Mm. Okay. Well, hopefully it'll get better in January, but it sounds like it's probably going to be a lot of wheeling. And if they, yeah, sorry, if, the best if, if David Marshall didn't want to leave a year ago, you know that's where vision and foresight—that's what being a board member is all about. It's having a vision and having a plan. And you say, well, whether you want to go or not, Dave, right now this is what's best for this club, and that's all you always have to do. You always got to come back to: is it best for the club? And it's someone's vision. But you've got to do what, and you've got to understand that as a player. And players do, because they move on quickly and make new teammates. And they might, he might love old Moroni, loved Cardiff in two, three years' time. We don't know, but it's the nature of the beast. It's, you've got to be a bit more ruthless. Mm. Okay, let's uh, change topic and finish up by talking about obviously the weekend. Football is back. Cardiff at home to uh, Huddersfield, high-flying Huddersfield, not quite as high as they they were. I mean, particularly after that last home game the Wigan game which was such a disappointment particularly in terms of the role this is they've got to win this one haven't they particularly with some of those fixtures coming uh, up they've got, they've got to start winning home games it's, yeah, it's, it's absolutely weird, it? dreadful they've been so poor at home this season it's just you had that high against Bristol City and then a decent point against Sheffield Wednesday everyone would have taken a point before that game mm-hmm. but I am just so sick of watching bang average teams come and win against Cardiff at home you know Reading Leeds, QPR, who would you know they just had so little about them, um, and Cardiff have just got to do more. <clears throat> Sorry, I mean I think Hudd- Huddersfield are a, a much better team than the ones I've just mentioned there. They've certainly got a lot more attacking threat. Mm. Um, but yeah, at some point they've just got to start winning games at home. It's just been um, it's just been chronic really, and that's a big challenge for Warnock is to find out how he can keep what he's brought, which is that organisation and that kind of steel and defence. But he has got to find out a way to create more chances, to get players in better positions because they need to start scoring goals at home because all this talk about you know the club being more united and stuff, and of course it's true, 
but you need to give the fans something at home because that's when the most people come and watch you and you've got to give them something so that's the big challenge now. you don't build that fortress at home in three or four games John but it's been an accumulation for me over two maybe three seasons of again decision making and this is we, this is where you can actually start to break it down now is the decision making what happens is the stadium has been a nightmare to go to isn't it the atmosphere let's be fair up until Warnock got there it was it was poor poor atmosphere fans deflated you know 25,000 going back two seasons ago down to probably 12 so you can't say that decisions at the top are being made and having a good effect upon your stadium so that all then comes into the melting pot of how you build I said to Phil earlier look at Newcastle before Rafa Benita got there, yeah. And the difference between last season and this season, everyone seems to be going in the same direction this season with a very good manager at the helm. 50,000 fans happy. Mm. When fans are going and they got good expectations, not thinking Champions League, they're just thinking we can actually win this league and we can get up and we can do well in the Premier League with Rafa Benitez. And that everyone's happy and going in the same direction. You build a fortress. It takes... You know, it takes many men to build a fortress. You're not going to just do it two or three games. So what Warnock has to do is turn around. It's, it, I swear the job, I think people underestimated what position Cardiff were in. I looked at it and thought, we are in, I had no question in my mind that had Paul Trollope continued to be manager, we would have gone down. No question in my mind, mate. Absolutely none. It was a, that was one thing that I would have said I would have put money on, and I don't bet. All right? So you're now asking someone to go from zero to almost ten and totally flip it on his head in the course of a month. Mate, that's what I talk about. Plans processes and strategies and structure over short, medium, long term. It takes time. It's going to take a while before Cardiff again is a... You've seen it at Bristol City. You haven't seen it since. It was a derby match, first mm. game, anticipation. Yeah. Everyone was up. Brilliant result. But to continue that theme, continue, you know, some fans would have just come just because it's Warnock, just for the one game. You know, what you've got to do is get everyone back back on side because people go 25,000. It's a 32-seater, 35,000 stadium now. Mm. You want to try and get that filled every week or at least 28,000 of your own fans in there every week. Mm. And then you can start... going to do that. It was win games, isn't it? Absolutely. But just winning games, you think, oh, yeah, just it's not as easy as what people think is my point. You're not going to... You know, because it's Neil Warnock, again, he's having what he's done at Rotherham being judged as part of right what's he doing here well he's yeah. done that at Rotherham 12 games and beating him he hasn't done it well you know fortunately two different clubs two different sets of squads two totally different situations it is going to take time before I think you can look at Cardiff and say that's a very strong squad and this is a fortress so it doesn't surprise me that home form isn't great mm-hmm. and it's probably going to be indifferent for a good three to four months, I would say, at least. Maybe the season. Mm. Maybe the season. 
on that positive note. For, um, let's, let's have predictions then to finish. It's not positive, it's not negative, it's reality. Absolutely, absolutely. Speak the truth, Blakey. Only way. Uh, Only predictions. Um, uh, that's a good question. Um, you don't know. You don't know which Huddersfield are going to turn up at the moment. You know they lose. I think the last few games they've lost five nil and then gone and won mm. one nil. And then, but um, oh, I'll be positive. I'll go for two one Cardiff. Nathan, I'll go one nil Cardiff. I think it'd be a a tight game. I don't think there'll be a lot of goals in the game, so I'll go one nil Cardiff. Dolly, what, what, what's your prediction? Oh, prediction for one one. <laughs> <laughs> one one draw. The fence, yeah. 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 Solid we'll draw. You. One one. No, no. Well, yeah, I think they'll win. I think they'll win. So your prediction? Two two one Cardiff. That's what Phil said. There we go. You can agree with twice. Phil. Always agree with Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Always agree with Phil. Okay, lads, we'll. Uh, We'll leave it there for today. Enjoy that very much. Um, we'll be back next week. Similar time. You can get us on Wales Online, iTunes. and Get your questions in. Get your questions in. Get your questions in. We'll do it properly. We'll get your full details. <laughs> and make sure we mention them on the show. See you next time.